your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, a lot of people kind of avoid, and that is the idea of self-entitlement. It's pretty amazing, but as you drive down the street, oftentimes uh, you'll see, or, or the freeway, you oftentimes see people weaving uh, uh, in and out of traffic, people uh, driving up behind people's bumpers, uh, people just being rude and cutting in and doing all kinds of crazy things. Well, that is human nature, and that is where self-entitlement falls. That's, that's just a blatant example of that. You know, people that are self-entitled, uh, it, it's basically when someone perceives themselves as uh, deserving something they didn't earn. And so the people who believe life owes them something, a reward, a measure of success, a standard of living, they have this uh, sense of entitlement that brings with it an uncompromising attitude. And, and so there's a lack of understanding of other people's needs, of uh, certain social situations accompanied by the expectation that you should be far more interested in their life than yours. And so what do we title that? Well, it's called narcissism. And it's at the very heart of the trait of self-entitlement. Over-exaggerated sense of self-importance accompanied by fantasies of power, beauty, brilliance, compromises that require one to meet others halfway don't exist in the narcissistic world of self-entitlement. So everyone else is either uh, competition, threatening their success, or irrelevant. And uh, many times the narcissist will deem their partner irrelevant. So they're very headstrong, forceful, my way or the highway thinking is a, is a common attribute. It doesn't mean it's across the board. Sometimes it's where they feel the safest is where they exhibit that behavior. They usually have a very meticulous uh, uh, plan for success. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's charted, it's planned, and it's followed. And this course may be fruitful for them, but... Uh, they're totally unaware of, of what it does to the people that are, uh, depend on them or count on them or friends with them or love them, family, whatever, people that need them, and they just lay in their wake. And they're a complete denial about holding any personal responsibility for their actions. And that's the other trait of the self-entitled is they have no personal accountability, period. They excuse everything that they do, and it's almost like they live in a constant stream of denial. You know, uh, they have this uh, fundamental belief that it's all about me, and it's often instilled in the home. Uh, the children, their parents, make them the center of their universe, and sadly, their route to maturity uh, doesn't coincide with the growth of their empathy. So the, their empathy is exactly what's missing, and it may be that they have empathy in some pockets, but it's not across the board. So oftentimes, they, they become stuck in a mindset uh like a, a self-absorbed teenager. They just tend to live in that maturity of, of a very uh, snobby, I know it all teenager. And once again, it may not be, it may be in one setting, in two settings, in three settings, or it may be all the way across the board, but self-entitlement is oftentimes that trait that, that uh, they get kind of stuck in their teenage years.
you know, they have a theme, basically. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is my own. And uh, they have double standards that uh, stem from that sense of entitlement, and they feel bewildered in a society, society that's built on reciprocity. That's just out of their nature. You know, they're, they're uh, unyielding to the requests of other people. Uh, they make unrealistic demands, and it's obvious that their personal happiness comes at another's expense. So, you know, if you can just imagine, uh, y- you hold the door for somebody, but who, who never opens the door for you? Not even when your arms are fully loaded. You know, that's the kind of person this is. Their ungrateful attitudes are often uh, directed at you after you've performed a good deed for them. And that's bewildering for the receiver. And, and so you might constantly change or your shift pattern to accommodate their holiday, their children, their personal appointments, for instance, but they never offer to return the favor even when you really need it. And so the self-entitled people, they, they sometimes appear totally oblivious to the idea and the inconvenience that they've caused you. And additionally, their relationships also tend to be one-sided and they can be incredibly lazy people incredibly lazy socially expected norms are not performed such as not helping to wash the dishes after a meal that has been cooked for them or taking their turn to make coffee in the office Uh, development of the idea of sharing doesn't take place in this person's life but if they're forced to do it they'll do it but they don't like it and and so with all the focus and determination of of a two-year-old no shame or guilt Uh, curbs their demands and that's just how they function they also have this expectation of privilege is so great that it leaves uh, um, it leaves the person receiving it like they're being oppressed and they have the sense of superiority that resides in that person they have the the intention to start from the top of the ladder without ever uh, climbing up ever doing hard uh, that most other people do And so they like to do things their own way, and they're not oftentimes uh, consultative people. And, uh, you know, if if you ever had someone cut in front of you in the the supermarket or, uh, you know, uh, purchase uh, uh, prior to eating uh, fast food, they leave you with no food, or they take a seat, or they take your parking spot when you're just sitting there waiting to pull in with your turn signal on. So, you know, you have to look deeper because an expectation of privilege can be hidden in the very essence of who we are. And so there's a higher rate of, uh, of uh, you know, gender preferential treatment uh, at the bar due to age and the social opportunity due to race or class. So they overrate their own achievements and, and simultaneously they're underrating everybody else in the world. And so it's sad. You know, they, they have this justification for their expectation of privilege. And, and as a parent, you soon figure out what other parents will happily take the offer to, to, to uh, uh, you know, take you somewhere. But uh, when you have a need or when they have a need, you're not going to be there for them. And so you're, you're more than happy to, to take uh, for them to take your kid somewhere, but you don't want to reciprocate. And so, because it's just going too far out of your comfort zone. And they, these folks never quite seem to have the opportunity to reciprocate to other people because they get no pleasure from it. And so, if they're forced to take their turn, they usually do it dramatically. And uh, they make sure everyone is aware of their huge deed, uh, huge sacrifice. So, you know, 
gosh, I'm not trying to bang on this, but this trait is one of the most obnoxious human traits there are. And uh, it's the sense of entitlement that eventually harms people. And I would suggest that, uh, you know, just looking in our political environment, entitlement is exactly uh, what has infuriated people on both sides of the aisle, the sense of entitlement. And and it's, uh, you know, they justify it by some uh, good reason, but really oftentimes it's just all about them. You know, ultimately we distance ourselves from, from entitled people to limit the damage of their actions. And, and this type of behavior would appear to be driven from, you know, a very unrealistic view of the world, one that includes the assumption uh, and and that you're expected to have favorable uh, living situation. You're you're expected to uh, be able to provide at all times. Um, you are above and beyond all other people, and that's the sad uh, part of a self entitled person. They also uh, have this uh, poor little me uh, complex. They love to do uh, you know. Uh, I'm just a sad little victim, and and that's sad. And but before they get to that, before they get to the sad little victim, what they often do is their anger can simmer uh, passively into a cutting glance or rolled eyes. That you know, there's obviously contempt, and then they simmer uh, negatively and to display a really cynical and overly critical viewpoint, and then. Uh, the self-entitled can never praise you for your promotion. Instead, they believe and make clear that you gained it because you were uh, close with someone or or you were the, the best of the worst or whatever. But the big thing is they have this rage and it's underneath them at all times. And, and they're volatile emotions that accompany a sense of self-entitled. And they're often uh, fueled by shame because underneath it all, they know their behavior is unacceptable. They know that they themselves are unacceptable. And so that mask of entitlement is used to cover a deeper need. And like most bullies, the anger projected onto others is often driven from their own insecurities. So they do this, um, you know, when a dominant aggressive behavior doesn't help the self-entitled reach their goals, then they go to the poor little me and that's how they break out. And they do the self-pitying attitudes coupled with manipulation, attention-seeking conduct. And it makes anybody around them completely drained. You know, they're, they're consumed by the belief that social rules don't apply to them. And you can be sure they will loudly complain if they feel they're being shortchanged. And so, you know, psychologically, th- this often rears its head during teamwork uh, and, and friendship or any kind of group activity or presentation. And if one person falls short of meeting their share of the hard work, that same person expects the largest amount of credit when the project goes well. That person, the, the, the self-entitled, will take full credit rather than often give credit to everyone that's participated. So, uh, you know, they'll desert the, the shrinking. Uh, if something is failing, they'll desert it. They'll leave. Immediately. And so you have to wonder what, well, behind all this behavior is usually a person who craves to be admired and adored. And they're in constant need of validation from their peers. And simultaneously, they demand respect so desperately um, um, full of insecurities. It's their own emotional distress that they're trying to remedy through enforcement of their superiority. And I know that's confusing and that's a lot of psychology, but that's kind of how they operate. Let me try to find a better way to say that. Um, when they demand respect, uh, 
their, their, their insecurity is so deep, once again, that they're trying to do to, to feed the insecurity with feeling superior. So it's a mask that they place on themselves. And obviously, a lot of people will pick up on that trait and have to deal with it. And that takes so much energy. And so the underlying dynamics of a self-entitled person, uh, it, it's got to be managed. And, and you know, giving their, your shirt off the back would not be enough for a person like this. They have to recognize, you know, you have to recognize when you're being drawn into a no-win situation, just extract yourself. No, I'm sorry. I'm unable to meet at four o'clock. We can schedule five. You know, you have to be firm but fair with these kind of people. And, uh, you know, a halfway compromise you is enough and it needs to be enough for you. Uh, so, you know, you have to look at yourself and wonder, do I have any of these traits? And to some degree, we all have a sense of self-entitlement within us. But as with most personality traits, we sit at different points on the sliding scale. So that means that, you know, some of us are light on the self-entitlement and some people are fully engaged into self-entitlement. And sadly, codependent people who are afraid to make decisions uh, tend to navigate their way into relationships with these narcissistic, self-entitled people. So why are they so unhappy? They believe they deserve more than others. A at work, they deserve more than their peers, a better office, a longer lunch, prime parking space, more, more, more. And if no one acknowledges the fact that, that not only do they deserve more, but they have more, and they quietly implode uh, before finding a way to lash out. In relationships, you know, <laughs> quite frankly, they believe they deserve sex and with as many partners as they care to have because now dare anyone to rebuff them. In their eyes, they deserve others' attention, which means when they're attracted to someone, the person expected to, to uh, uh, capitulate to them. And that's how they feel. Unfortunately, others see through this and often ignore them, which leaves the self-entitled angry unfulfilled most of the time and so they have a circular mind of self-entitlement that, that, that if uh, you know they have to deal with it uh, they leave with no idea of what to do with natural uncoerced interactions they just don't know what to do with it and it's 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 so unhappy in that lifetime style because it's it's failed and it's widely unsatisfying for all their relationships which are all bound to fail and, you know, to be self-entitled is a thought process, and it can change, and it can be fixed. Now, if it's entrenched itself as a personality where that's just who you are, it's going to be really hard to fix something like that. But if a person wants to come to grips with this trait and tone it down to something that is uh, humble, <laughs> to, to say the least, uh, then they, you know, might have a better quality life. You know, if you have to look at why are they unhappy, well... Many of them don't have real friends. They have friends in a box, people that do certain things, maybe, uh, you know, other couples that work with, that do stuff with them, people that work that may just tolerate them or have no personality, so they just kind of flow to this person. You know, they, they, they'll be there for you to see you fall. That's what the whole goal is of them. The self-entitled people tend to surround themselves with people of a like mind, um, you know, that, that they're self-entitled to because that reinforces their personality, you know. So, so could anyone be happy trapped in a never-ending competition of one-upsmanship where, where 
a, a single sizable noticeable slip got one uh, you know kicked out of the group well that's kind of how it works it's it's a competitive lifestyle where they want to win at all costs no matter what you know and it's it's sad but the other thing about it that's so depressing with the self-entitled is they have unrealistic expectations and those who think the world revolves around them are usually rudely awakened by actual life. Truth is they exist within a universe of people who don't care uh, what the delusionally entitled want. That's a huge um, uh, uh, problem with these people. Their, their expectation is that the stars move for them, uh, that the world turns for them. And uh, what happens is when their expectations of others are not met, then they fall into a sense of depression, which boils that anger underneath them. And also greed. And greed is a big part of self-entitled. And that in itself is its own uh, downfall. You know, the self-entitled are never appreciative of what they have. But they're instead, by nature, thinking they deserve and constantly have need of more. They want validation, and it comes by running on a, a treadmill faster than anyone else. And, and basically, their soul is rather dead because there's this dissatisfaction of, of the sense of enjoying what they actually have. And so, uh, you know, it, it, this dwelling of unhappiness is where their little the little victim comes from, and that victim just plays and plays and plays and plays and plays. Um, usually, many of the self entitled are stingy. Uh, that's another trait, and and they're greedy, and then they're exceed they, and and resentful, and they love to have objects that put them on display, like a car or a house or whatever it is that makes them look like they're climb the mountain and, and one life. And so they think um, of themselves, even if they're not, they think of them th themselves as wealthy. And uh, they love to just, uh, you know, uh, to be affronted or offended uh, by other people that don't recognize the things that they have. And it's, it's a mind-boggling uh, sense uh, uh, of neediness and validation, and it just goes on and on and on. Envy is another trait of the self-entitled, and it's a kind of a secret shame that they hold. They're 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 uh, they're, they're envious of the small uh, uh, ent entitled person by the fact that they will never be satisfied one way or the other. But when they look to people, they're usually looking to somebody that's not in their life. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and we're going to go back. I'm going to try to be more positive, but this self-entitlement thing, you really need to identify it because people in your life that are like this are toxic. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. 
Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the self-entitled, the narcissist. Yes, yes, yes. Here's another common trait that uh, they have. And once, once again, I'm going through all this stuff because they're identifiers. These are toxic people in your life. And if you're a fairly healthy person and you're a fairly functional person, to have to participate in a narcissist life is, is an enormous burden on anyone. And it can do great damage, especially if they're a parent. That's the sad part. But oftentimes these folks uh, also fall back on health issues. They have stress, addiction, chronic illness, depression. Uh, I'm not saying they have all these, but these are some of the things that they fall back on. Uh, Immune deficiency, psychological, emotional dependencies. Um, You know, in in their world, the self-entitled world, one, some or all of these ills touch them in their life in some way. A depression is one of the big ones, and addiction is the other one. Those are those are usually uh, the big, big ones, or uh, some type of uh, cyclical type of thing, like a borderline personality. And of course, uh, those who uh, who uh, don't feel self entitled but are living in a self entitled person's life have to deal with their toxic bubble of narcissism, isolationism, resentment that turns often, you know, that even oxygen into a negative thing, you know, it's, it's this no desire to break that pattern. 
they're very psychologically fragile. And, and if your entire worldview is that things should go as you want them, when you want them, the way you want them, for as long as you want, that you should be first, you should be prioritized, others should be willing to uh, sacrifice so that you can be tended to. So your life is lived on eggshells, whether you admit it or not. And these cards are enormously stacked against you because human nature in itself cannot stand these kind of people. Um, the broader population that senses these people, it just infuses enormous rage. You know, everybody has some sense of entitlement. We all claim the rights of uh, for ourselves and believe these rights are pretty much our birthright. You know, for example, the right to be uh, protected by law enforcement, the right to f- uh, for a fair trial, the right of our own opinions, the right of a non-tyrannical government, the right to a paycheck for completed work, the right of our own beliefs, the right to clean air, clean water. Even if these were not available in previous generations, even if they're not available everywhere in the world today, some people see them as basic birthrights. But are these really birthrights? And should we be entitled to these things? Or have we grown so accustomed to them that we no longer see them as benefits that are no of no guarantee, you know. Um, that is the, the the big problem with the the self entitled. That there's a legitimate aspects to entitlement. The first uh, part of it is that that we have a right to something. This is ideal of a fundamental right to something that was expressed back in the you know the the, the Declaration of Independence in 1776, but. You know, the fundamental entitlements were not seen as rewards for qualifying accomplishments, but they were birthrights by our creator, that every person is endowed with certain uh, inalienable rights that cannot be taken away. And and the Bible goes towards that. So whether you believe that a creator grants these rights, that some authority grants these rights, these rights are nonetheless granted and, and they're, they're inalienable, which means they can't be changed and they can't be denied and transferred or taken. So, you know, that's what the American founders just here in the United States, what's what the democratic uh, government, the democratic process was all about, was actually giving people rights. But now that we have them and lived with them and some, uh, most, all of it, all of us, um, we're born into a society under these laws. And so we believe that this is all to be given to us automatically. And, uh, we, with the entitled, the biggest problem is, do you, do you believe you have the right to a high quality of life? Do you believe you have the right to gourmet food or, or fulfilling a high-paying job with benefits, uh, the right to happiness? You know, uh, it'd be better to look at the self-entitled is the feeling you deserve to be given something you've earned. The feeling that you're entitled to special privileges is uh, uh, beyond basic universal rights. So all humans have some entitlements uh, just by the virtue of being born, you know, but an overblown sense of entitlement is dysfunctional and it needs correcting. We, if you look from a Christian perspective, we serve God. We are here for others. We are not here for ourselves, And that's why we are called in our life to find our passions so that we can help others with a talent that we have. And then we must preserve that so that people can seek us and help us with those God-given talents that we nourish in our life and work hard at. And that is a life of purpose, and that is exactly what 
if you believe in God, that's exactly what God wants you to have. The other thing is, if if you have God to turn to, if you turn to God, instead of, know that you've been forgiven, and I'm not trying to preach, but then all of a sudden your psychology changes because now you have to interact with Christ. You have to interact with God and you have to think in terms of that capacity instead of being the God of your own life. And unfortunately, self-entitled people that have a high degree or narcissistic people can't even come to grips with the idea uh, many times. Some do, mostly falsely. Uh, Some may attend church. Some may do all kinds of great things for people. But uh, the narcissist believes they are God. They, they believe there or there is no God and that they're here to run their own life. And that's sad, um, but that's the way it goes. So we never really reach a universal agreement as to what point, uh, you know, the sense of entitlement becomes overblown. But I know that we can all agree that, that there is a point that exists. And with that agreement, we can look at some ways to combat the overblown sense of entitlement. And, and so it's really uh, a, a very important thing to try to fight this thing and to get away, get out of it. And the other thing is relationships. It's inevitable that individual differences lead to a relationship disagreements. So if a guy likes to wash the dishes washed immediately after dinner, and let's say the other person prefers to leave them in order to be with the kids, by nature, two partners can't help out but, but approach things differently. Well, with the self-entitled Uh, they will oftentimes just totally blow the doors off uh, the other person and uh, and blow them off and they're going to set the rules in the home and the other person is is neglected. Or if the other person doesn't do what they want to do, they're going to either excuse themselves or argue about it. So, you know, romantic relationships are are a two-way street and they give and take and they they have what's called a complementary relationship, which means that One does something and the other plays a different role. So they complement each other. Well, with the self-entitled, the other person is usually on the downside of the complementary relationship. And so they do what's called a systemic uh, relationship. And and so they tend to be uh, people that are not very uh, functional. They're in competition with their partner. And so, um, you know, Many times, what's strange about the narcissist, the self-entitled, is uh, they put their partners down. And they either do it verbally or non-verbally, but they don't hesitate to do that in public. They don't have a problem putting their partner down. Uh, And uh, that, for them, is their duty to themselves because that's, once again, them playing that victim role. And so, you know, part of being in a relationship is you would hope that your partner has your back. You would hope that your partner is supportive of you. Unfortunately, uh, self-entitled people don't function that way. Um, They don't have the better interest of their partner and they take them for enormously for granted. So, you know, why do we feel entitled to our own way? It's, It's not because we're selfish or lack principle of fairness. Entitlement, you know, is a fundamental drive. It's a physiological and emotional uh, and if it goes off, uh, we spring into action. So, you know, let's just say if our blood sugar drops, our system releases hormones that stimulate eating. And so, you know, if, if we're upset or stressed, our motivation of our brain is for us to act to restore safety and calm. And so these 
reflexes feel right. Well, self-entitlement also has that reflex. It's, it's an automatic thought. We not only know in our gut what to do, but we believe we're upholding you know, standards of conduct that must be across all of the human race. And, and it in- includes, uh, you, know, if, if, you know, if we believe in reciprocity, that means you know, sharing and, 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 and being able to give and take, and if you find a person that's unable to do that, and, and I'm not talking about little kids, but a person that's unable to do that, you need to run and fast. <laughs> really. You know, we know what in our gut when someone is that narcissistic, self-entitled person. And that is a poisonous life. It's going to take you down because you will always, always feel less than. And nobody deserves a life like that. This, these kind of people, as they function in life, need to be called out and they need to be or they need to be put in their own place and they need to reside in that place until they come to grips with the idea that, you know, this is a human race. We are a shared society that, you know, fair is a place where they judge pigs and we, we all have to, to basically get along and work with each other because if we don't, we don't function well. And so if we're going to function in a society with our life, we can't do that with a narcissistic, uh, self-entitled person in our life. And that's why I'm going into relationships here. You know, uh, you know, when stressed or anxious, our mind prioritizes our perspective. But in asserting our position is warranted, we invalidate other people's experience, and, and especially our partners, and, and undermine what they are desire. And uh, we don't have that that uh, loving, respectful bond. So, you know, there's a whole, a whole list of entitlements and relationships that people uh, uh, basically have and uh, they claim uh, without even realizing it, you know, but you need to learn that entitlement process. So, you know, um, oftentimes the, the, the big entitlements uh, the, about being owed is because I've sacrificed. So, you know, I've sacrificed, so I'm owed something. That is how uh, uh, people that are self-entitled feel. You know, I give up my career to raise the children, so you have to consent to my dream vacation. You know, uh, if someone's uh, contended that if we don't get it, we're being taken advantage of. And so they feel that if they've sacrificed, they better get something in return. And uh, another thing that the self-entitled often relate to is because I do more. They feel that they do more than everybody else. They feel that they do more in the relationship. So they feel like their uh, sense of sacrifice, doing more, is owed to them. And so they often bear that because I do more, you need to do something else. That They push that on their partner to make their partner feel less than. Uh, they also say, oftentimes say, because I don't ask for much. So they come up, uh, they, they deem themselves to be more generous and accommodating to their partner. So, you know, I go along with your way all the time. So when I ask for something, you should give it to me. And so that's how they manipulate. I don't ask for much. But they do ask for much just because their personality is so disgusting. And also they say, because I did something nice. They think they're owed <laughs> for doing something nice. I mean, that's just an amazing trait. But if you're hearing that, you're hearing self-entitled person that is over the board. They're just way over, way, way over. You know, they also have uh, 
uh, entitlements based on being emotionally important. So, uh, you know, they, they need their spouse to make them the most important thing in their life. And they believe that your, their emotions are controlled by their partner rather than come up with by themselves. You know, because I'm upset. So when they're upset, they assume that feeling upset or disgusted is grounds for action on the partner to consent to whatever they want. Um, so that's how they operate. If I'm upset, I'm got a call to action for you. And it's your problem. Because I need it. Well, they don't understand the difference between need and want. Need and want. Everything for them as a self-entitled person is a need. And needs are hugely different than a want. They're really wants, but to them it's a need. And it's this expression that, you know, there, there's a lot of mandatory things that they want, like sex, uh, you know, constantly or weekly or whatever or daily or Whatever the thing is, they need it. And because they need it, their partner is required to deliver that to them. Um, they may say, because I feel strongly about this. So entitlement is, it, well, they feel strongly about a lot of things that they like, almost everything that they like. And so if they feel strongly for it, uh, that means they're a victim because this really matters to me. So if it matters to them, that means their partner has to accept and it's just a guilt and shame process that they continue to spiral with on their partner. Then they have the uh, social standards. You know, we're, we're very social creatures and we have to admit that. So, uh, you know, they, they tend to fall back on their gender. Oh, well, I need this because I'm a woman or I need this because I'm a man. And so they, they will oftentimes throw that out at people. You know, uh, <laughs> if you think of a self-entitled person, uh, think of somebody walking around smoking a cigar. You know, what's the point, really? Because um, <laughs> or walking around with this super high dollar purse. You know, really? Uh, because I contribute more income. That's that's another social phrase that they'll use. And so, if they're the breadwinner, that means they get more and they wield more control. And so, if especially if the spouse doesn't work. Or because uh, this is what people are supposed to do. So they use social norms as a way to manipulate as though we have to do that because that's what people have to do. So they, they want to use um, the entitlements of other people to put that upon their partner. And that's another form of manipulation that self-entitled people do uh, because of my heritage. That some people fall back on their heritage as if their heritage is better than the one they live in. And that's great, but that's also a miserable life. So some people believe that wherever they came from is so much better than where they are. How, what a miserable experience that, that might be. Or they believe because they're first, they're entitled. If, if they're first, they believe that that means that they must get uh, the most or they must get the best. And so uh, it's just kind of crazy, but this is the mindset of, of the self-entitled person. Um, th they also have another, uh, other traits that, uh, th that uh, being more knowledgeable or reasonable gives greater weight to their viewpoint. So because I, I'm, more, I, I'm smarter on this issue is something that they might tend to throw at people uh, because 
the way I operate is much more efficient than the way you operate. So that's the way things should go. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to keep going on relationships just a little bit. Then we're going to go into male and female entitlement. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the self-entitled, narcissistic, crazy-maker people. All right, you know, don't mistake self-entitlement with self-confidence. Because self-confidence means that you know you're an expert at something. And you know that you're a good resource at something in your life. And that's something you should be proud of. And you should make sure other people know so they could come to you as a resource to help them on that expertise that you've, you've worked so hard to have. And so it's important to, to understand that, that being self-confident is not a bad thing. It's an important thing because to be self-confident means you can reach beyond yourself. But the purpose of self-confident people is to help other people. The purpose of a self-entitled person is to serve their own needs. And, uh, you know, they believe that everything they propose out there is fair. Even if they, uh, they believe they weighed all the sides and they decide what's equitable. And, um, you know, things need to go the way they want it to be. 
and they're going to continue to persist that it's going to be the way they want it to be no matter what happens and and no matter at at the cost of whoever they're around you know don't let get the wrong idea about personal preferences desires are important and fulfilling them is how we naturally ease distress and and we gain pleasure but you know wanting our way is not the same as being t- entitled to our way though we may feel strongly uh, strong uh, 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 desire uh, how some way, something should go, we need to understand the difference between a preference and an expectation. Self-entitled people operate on expectations that are usually completely unrealistic unre- and uh, they've not consulted. And so they find consulting to be the greatest bother that co- could possibly happen. They want to do everything themselves. And they want to be in control of everything and all the trivial things they can hand off to other people. But they want to do the bulk of the thinking so they can control their life. And control is this is their mechanism. Self-entitlement is their mechanism of control that they operate by. You know, it's a critical distinction between entitlements and agreements. Entitlements are unilateral. So we award them to ourselves. And by contrast, agreements are jointly consented. People that are self-entitled basically operate off entitlements and not agreements because most people that have to follow their their, uh, rules um, didn't get consulted. So there wasn't a two-way conversation or there wasn't input into that. It's just basically do it my way or the highway. And so they have this inner rage that every time that doesn't get met – then they go into the rage, and then, then they go into the victim theme. And that's, that's the, the little cycle that they operate with. Re- regrettably, our society's mixed messages on, uh, is, uh, doesn't help because capitalism reveres self-interest as the ticket to success. Uh, feminist philosophy uh, exalts self-assertion. But when our, our own gratification, I have a right to, is elevated above our partners, the lifeblood of the shared uh, a marriage drains or the or the committed relationship just drains away. So what can we do once we resolve to be collaborative? Here are some keys. Learn to tolerate frustration. The normal reaction when we don't get our way is discomfort. So sitting with that feeling rather than immediately acting to, to end it enables us to connect with our partner. And also, you know, you want to think on this topic. You know, when we don't get our way, if you come from a Christian perspective, that means God doesn't want it for you. There's a different plan and it's probably better than the one you ever thought of. And so oftentimes the things that we don't have, that we don't get our way, weren't intended for us. And so it's important for us to understand, okay, I accept that. I'm in God's hands. My journey is gear, is is is, uh, is led through God, and I will allow that to follow. And that makes life a lot more resilient because then you're not trying to control outcomes, which is the big part of self entitlement. Also, uh, self entitled people make a request instead of demanding compliance. Ask once. You know, if we get it, a no for an answer. Modify the request. But don't keep beating on the same door. Unfortunately, self-entitled people don't get that. But if they did, they could fix this trait. And remember that, that, that we, what we want is a personal preference, not a God-given right. So inquire about our spouse's wishes. Put them on par with your own wishes. 
Um, unfortunately, empathy is not a strong trait of these folks. And uh, so when they, well, they think it's a huge trait that they have, but unfortunately, they don't practice what they preach. You know, the other thing is be flexible and strive for compromises that are amenable to both people in the relationship. You know, relationship conflicts don't arise because our partner's interests vary from our own. They stem from how we handle uh, dissimilarities. And if we choose my way, tensions will ensue. But if we take the other way, we build mutual respect and closeness, which is what all of us desire in this life. Now, male entitlement. We've used the phrase, uh, you know, in society of male entitlement. Uh, there's also one called uh, male privilege. But we have to wonder, what do we mean? Um, you know, male violence is, a, is, uh, is, is not biological sex differences like uh, male hormones or brain wiring, but the need to find and keep power. So in the Western world, many men were taught from birth that they have the inherent right to power, that boys are tough and strong and aggressive, have a right to anger, and that girls are gentle and pretty and compliant, and that emotional and domestic labor are are women's roles, and men are violent, protective providers and dominant. Even in the most balanced families, little boys see these lessons play out in the books they read, in the movies they watch, in the media they constantly feed into their subconscious. So sadly, the entitlement is even reinforced through uh, also church culture. So the role of male entitlement in abuse is something first we want to examine, and this is usually where the male plays a significant role in the abuse, and the abusers consider abusive behavior not only acceptable, but justified, and both a right and a privilege. And when they treat a person they claim to love as less than equal, deserving punishment and harm, it's because they feel entitled to do that. And this entitlement is often specific to the intimate relationship. They believe that power is home is a man's entitlement, and so whereas power in public has to be negotiated. So domestic abusers do not abuse their bosses, their colleagues, their friends, uh, which makes the victim of doubt what is happening to them. But the abuser presents their behavior in the relationship as harmless, frames their abusive actions as normal, and to things their partner is doing to them. So they make themselves be the victim rather than uh, uh, their partner who they are abusing. And, and usually their abuse is either verbal, sometimes physical, but more times uh, we see the verbal abuse, which is extremely harmful to most people. And, and they also have the need to grasp for power. Uh, and so male entitlement plays its role in the, the need to attain power. So uh, they act like the master of the castle, treating women like servants who should meet the demands and serve and pamper them. They, they have an attitude of superiority, of being better, smarter than their partner and other women in general. They insist on respect or treatment uh, to be entitled as a man. They want women to adhere to, to behavioral codes that, they, that are far uh, 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 away from where we are in this life and in our social adjustment. And uh, they, they believe making this big decisions without consulting uh, their partner is important. Um, and that's how they assert themselves. Uh, they, they think they're better decision makers. And once again, we're talking about male entitlement, dismissing opinions, ideas, feedback, 
acting above criticism, possessing a strong need to be the right and to win. This is a big part of male entitlement. They claim ownership and and exclusive control of of, uh, joint items, my kids, my house, my bank account, uh, taking from others but never giving back. Uh, They often demand absolute compliance without complaint. They expect sex as a duty. And many of these values are, are considered socially legitimate in, in, in a self-entitled uh, male entitled person. And it, here's where it's affected churches. And it, this is where it's sad that it shows up in specific ways. In, in, uh, and there was this thing called the Juna Project. And it, it looked at 10 ways male privilege shows up in the church. And so here's basically some of it. You know, women are very much aware of male privilege, but men usually take it for granted, don't see it. Men who don't think that they are privileged in, your, in their faith community should consider uh, these type of things. A person's male privilege is reflected in the second he wonders why people are still talking about gender. Male privilege means never having your, your intelligence or qualifications questioned. You know, if you apply for a pastoral role, you can be sure uh, g- your gender as a male won't be an issue. If you perform the same task as a woman in a church, chances are that people will think you did a better job. Uh, you know, the governing entitles of your church, the denomination will be, because, uh, be composed mostly of men. And once again, this is the Juna Project. And uh, oftentimes they found as a man, you're more likely to be trusted with responsibilities. When you attend church meetings, you can be emotional and assertive without having a negative effect on you. And uh, male Bible characters will be featured as a primary subjects. Uh, that's another thing in churches. And you can be confident that language used uh, will incorporate the, the male, usually the male. Now, with female entitlement, it operates a little different. And uh, they have this, uh, in, in this day and age, we see this uh, diluted self-belief and, in, and inflated sense of importance from baby boomers, usually, to about uh, thirteen to thirteen-year-old princesses, which is basically what they operate like. So it's, it's uh, you know, for three generations, women have been told uh, growing up that they can have it all, do anything, and unlimited freedom of choice. And, and this was great for women to break free of opposition and and uh, achieve equality. But along the way, they forgot some of the restrictions. So now, with this negative sense of entitlement, they believe that they can. Uh, that the image is the biggest thing, and uh, you know, it, let's just say, like with high risk pregnancies, they may ignore medical advice and, and have the baby at home. And uh, sadly, who's it sacrifices the baby? You know, uh, personally fulfilling experience trumps the right of their unborn. And, and that's a sad decision to make. But basically, that's the mindset of a self-entitled uh, female is that what they want is what they want. And that's what they're going to get. And so that's our show. I'd love to hear from you. Um, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or our Voice America webpage on the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, what to say to someone who's entitled. I truly admire how efficient you are by packing all that ego, self-pity, arrogance, and self-entitlement into yourself. You know, far you also have to remember, far too many buttholes have been conceived through anal sex. And also, remember, to cut down on crime, all retail stores should post, all shoplifters will be prostituted. Thanks for listening. 
That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 